I'm excited for this episode. I I just remembered about this movie. Uh, I sh- I'll save it. But oh, we're recording. We can start. We can start. We can um, start. Hang on. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to This is a Terrible Place to Live. This week, we are talking about a wonderful, wonderful movie, uh, The Snyder Cut, um, but Owls. Uh, and so we're going to get into that. Um, I think that this movie uh, really, really shows uh, just the the beauty of Zack Snyder as an artist. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to talk about, right? You did you did give this five stars yet, yeah, David? Oh, yeah, it's a perfect movie. Oh, yeah, for Um, sure. Best movie I've seen all year. Um, That might not be a uh, joke, though. Um, What? What have I watched this year? I haven't watched very many movies this year. Uh. (laughs) Well, I think this is the perfect episode. I was thinking about it before we started. um, That it's not... It's not anything that anyone would ever ask us to make, right? No one asks us to do anything. We just do this. But it's not something anyone would ever think, ooh, I should listen to an episode of a podcast on Legend of the Guardians. That's right up my alley, right? But it's also topical. We've got a Zack Snyder episode coming out right before um, the Snyder Cut comes out so. I, I think it'll end up posting right after the snyder cut comes out okay because uh, well, i mean yeah right yeah but you know but we're we're in the ballpark we're in the ballpark yeah. it'll be right around that time it's very topical Zack snyder um yeah 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 okay uh i i do have to say the title of this movie is is guardians of the legends is that is that right no, no it is legend, legend of the guardians of- Legend of the Guardians. The, the Owls, Owls of Gahul. I remember the Owls of Gahul. I did not remember Legends of the Guardians. That's um, a, t- a terrible title, honestly. Yeah. Um, I owned this movie on DVD when I was about 10, or the year it came out, you know? Uh, so 9 or 10. What year and did this come out? I'm not aware. It's, it's a 2010 classic. Oh, okay, you know? okay. <laughs> real it's, real uh, great you know disney has the 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 disney vault this is in the the lion's gate vault um yes the uh <laughs> the ever loved and referenced lion's gate vault <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> where all of the best movies live <laughs> this and i before we started i said oh boy this is great because i saw the poster of the movie on the poster, it says, from the studio that brought you happy feet. Oh, my God. <laughs> why, why would you advertise it that way? Um, and it also says, now playing in real 3D. Because was, it was at the height of 3D, I think. You know? Yeah, that Everyone feels right. Everyone loved 3D, and they loved happy feet. Um, is this the same like time frame where movies were coming out where 3D was in the title? Because I feel like I remember that being like yeah. a phase. That would have been earlier, I think, because uh, Spy Kids 3D, obviously. Right, yeah. Um, that's the one that comes to mind, and that was substantially earlier. Yeah, that was about seven years earlier. Yeah. Um, but, but that was red-blue 3D, um, not the... 
The not, real 3D yeah, not stuff. the not the. They call it real D. And I think it was more of a thing with the red blue 3D, which is weird because it was so much worse that they want to put that in the title. You know, we we've got cardboard glasses for you. <laughs> we'll put it in the title of our movie. It was definitely more of like a, a gimmick than I think the the newer like 3D movies were trying to be like. They oh, sold red gimmick. blue. Th- they read. It's still a gimmick, but they they sold red blue 3D as a gimmick. Like they they marketed it as a gimmick, Toward, whereas yeah, towards, they tried to towards. make um, the current version of 3D seem like it was something that it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, not even current version because like I don't I don't think anyone goes to see 3D movies anymore, right? Like you'll go to IMAX, right? I I saw um, Star Wars Episode Seven in 3D accidentally. Um, See, it's an accident now. It, it was an accident, but I think I also saw Deadpool two in 3D. Really, the only reason I'd go to a 3D movie at this point is because it's a more convenient time. You know? Yeah, yeah. It is more expensive still, though, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. Anyway, this is not about the movie, uh, but it I mean, is it, kind of, it kind of, I mean, really. yeah. So they're this advertising a, this as 3D. I actually, you know what? I can see this movie being not good in 3D, but uh, I can see it in 3D. Well, I mean, yeah, that's Zack Snyder's whole thing is that he's a, he's a person of spectacle, you know? Yeah. So it it yeah. makes sense that it makes sense that he'd make a, a movie that's made for 3D. Um, I feel like he makes all of his movies for 3D still. Yep. <laughs> Zack Snyder is such a child. And him making a kid's movie, I don't know if it works. I don't know why. <laughs> it seems like it'd be <laughs> right up his alley. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's somewhere in between. He's like, he's like the, I'd say he's an eighth grader. That's where he is. You know? He's just, he thinks he's edgy. Yeah, yeah. But he's really a dumb kid. I just feel like it's really funny to me going back and watching this movie because I can see, I see Zack Snyder all over this movie, right? Yeah. Specifically in terms of everything that's gone on with Justice League. Uh-huh. And the funniest thing to me about Justice League is that Zack Snyder has fought to make that his legacy. <laughs> so it's not even just the Snyder cut or like director's cut of Justice League. It is called Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I feel oh, like that's, that's like epitomizes who Zack Snyder is as a person that his, his legacy film is Justice League. Like, <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is just Justice League with Owls, and we're going to talk about it. Um, do you have Hang some on. facts before we get into it? No, I want to I say something on what you were talking about, it being Zack Snyder's Justice League, because that's insane. It really like, is. Like, it's so pretentious to put your name in the title of this movie, <laughs> and it's not even going to be that good. Like, even the most, like, critically acclaimed movies that are just tangentially related with the director 
like Francis Ford Coppola and The Godfather. It's Mario Puzo's The Godfather. It's not even Francis Ford Coppola's. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of any movie that's like everyone is like this person's this movie. And I can't think of any movie that's referenced that way. Like at least maybe Tarantino films, but even they are just like. Well, okay. So it have to be something where there's more than one iteration of it, right? Right. Um, and that would be like the classic one. So I, I guess um, like maybe Godzilla people will reference which one they like better by the director sometimes, but I don't care about Godzilla. So I have no idea if that's true or not. I'm just assuming. All right. Yeah, we can, we can, we can I talk about the actual movie now. <laughs> anyway, this movie came out in 2010, as we've said, directed by Zack Snyder. Uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Kahul. Um, <laughs> it is Zack Snyder's first non R rated movie. Uh, is it his last? Oh, no, Justice League. Continue. Well, no, Batman vs Superman wasn't R-rated either. I don't think. Uh, the extended no, cut was. Oh, it was okay. But well, the, the theatrical also, was not. Also, his one and only animated movie that I know of. Um. <laughs> so I'm just going through the IMDb trivia here. Uh, this movie is set in Australia. This is something I wanted to talk about. It's this set in Australia. IMDb. I wanted to talk about this. It. It seems like it's set in Tasmania specifically. Um, based they don't on have like, accents. Uh, some of them do. Um, okay. So, yeah. The books were set in North America. Some of the owl featured, uh, uh, some of the owl species featured are not found in Australia. So this was his choice to make it in Australia. And I don't know why. But it as you watch the movie, there are certain things that give it away. For instance, um, the uh, the animal that they fight whenever they fall down from the tree. That's a, a Tasmanian devil. They're only found in Tasmania. Oh, I thought there was just a dog. No. So, I don't know why, though. It doesn't make sense. Because he's an American director, and... The book he's adapting an American America. series and he's just like it needs to be in Australia why? I don't know I did, don't know did you find it, anything about like um, you may I not have even might, looked but like did was there a stated reason for that like um, I do believe that um, it is associated with Village Roadshow Pictures which is an Australian company um, and then also, um, what's his name? Uh, George, uh, George Miller. Uh, is that his? Yeah, yeah, the guy who did uh, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's, it's from his studio, his animation studio. And he's an Australian director who he likes working with Australian actors. Um, there are lots of Australian actors in this movie. Um, so I don't know if it was some stipulation of his, like set it in Australia, <laughs> just get us some publicity, but not explicitly just like have little animals that are exclusive to this country, but also owls that are not found there. I don't know. It, it was just a weird tidbit that I noticed and I 
I was. I don't feel like it. it matters that it's set in Australia because I didn't even know it was set in Australia. I don't under. I didn't even realize any of the owls were Australian. They all sound like a- owls. I don't know people. They all sound. <laughs> no, they have a, a little bit of a, an Australian thing going on, uh, like a very whiny, uh, toned down thing. Maybe Sometimes. Digger, but that's it. Digger does, um, and Claude does. Can we talk uh, about really quickly since we're naming owls? Uh huh. Um, a large number of the owls have puns for their names, and I'm assuming uh-huh. that's from the books, and I uh-huh. fucking hate it. See, okay, I'd forgotten that the main character in this movie was named Soren, and then I'd made that pun saying that a, a bird should be named Soren because it soars through the sky. Um, and then now I'm ashamed of myself for having made it because I hate it in this movie. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible name. Also, so there's Soren, bad uh-huh. name. There's Claude. No, his name is Claude. His name is I had Claude. to look it up. I saw that, but they never say Claude. They say Claude. They say, well, it's K-L-U-D-D. Yeah, I saw Claude. that, but it's, it's the, not how they say it. It's the most upsetting name. Just, it's an onomatopoeia. Claude. 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 <laughs> and it, okay, and then the, the worst, most offensive name to me in this entire movie is... Their little sister is named Eglantine. Oh, <laughs> fucking Eglantine! What? The what? Who? Who? It's because she's a baby. But then you wonder. Uh, John, no. Um, but then you wonder. <laughs> her name's Eglantine, but she's gonna grow up. So like, she's still gonna have an egg-related name. Also, that's like if someone named. Uh, their kid, something related to a womb. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) that's just weird. Um, Uh, Placenta teen. So this is based off of the first three books of Catherine Lasky's best-selling series. Um, It's like, she did a lot of animal books. I know this because my sisters were very into them. Um, she did this series. She did another one about wolves. Um, just really cornering, you know, adolescents that are like sort of into animals, but also like fantasy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I mean, it, I haven't read the books and I, I haven't read the books that I'm about to compare them to either. So maybe I shouldn't, but I can see it kind of falls into like that red wall style of, uh, writing where it's like animals but fantasy but like maybe big and dark and dramatic but not super dark because it's for kids but like maybe on an edge where it might be too dark um see the thing about redwall redwall's like more high fantasy in a way like there's lots of lore and there is some lore in this but it's i feel a lot like more... there's a lot of lore that they just don't explore in this like there's a bunch of unexplained things that i feel like must have backstory but maybe they just didn't give it backstory i don't know oh yeah like the owl god there's an owl god that they just mentioned briefly and oh yeah i want to know about, I oh, know about yeah. the owl religion 
Oh, should and we summarize the plot of this movie? <laughs> okay, yeah, we can we can talk about it. You were just saying uh, it covers the first three books, right? Oh, uh, but yes. And then also speaking on uh, Australia and all that stuff, uh, Hugh Jackman was originally cast. He was supposed to be in this movie. Interesting. Um, As what yeah. character? I really hope that he was supposed to be Soren. That would have been Th- great. That would have been really weird, but... I know. Interesting. It would have been better, right? Because the uh, guy... This Soren was annoying. I didn't like him. This Soren sounded like this the entire time. But um, worse, somehow. He had too much whimsy in his voice. <laughs> he sounded like a 35-year-old trying to sound like a 19-year-old. Um, and uh, I don't know who played him, so that may just be what it was, but... he. Um, he's actually like really low in the building, weirdly enough, like anywhere you go. <laughs> I mean, he's like the most milk toast character <laughs> that I have seen in a very long time. So that doesn't surprise me. But, okay, I guess before we get into the, um, the, the plot, we can talk about the cast. Okay. Because... I think the cast for this movie is actually really good. Um, surprisingly so, but the quality of this movie. <laughs> okay, so there's Lee Wannell. This is like, I don't know how to say his last name, but the guy who directed Upgrade and The Invisible Man, oh. he's just one of those like comic relief owls that kidnapped them. Oh, actually, I remember thinking that they were like, when they came in, because, okay, I should preface this. I actually really liked this movie and was on board with this movie for the first half of the movie. I was like, oh, this is, if I were a 12-year-old, I would really like this movie. I can see where it's going. And then halfway through it, that changed, and we'll talk about that later. But I thought they were actually really good voice actors, those two owls specifically. And, like, their joke back and forth where they're, like, making the faces at each other, really funny, quite good. I could, That's interesting. I have not so, seen either of those two movies, though. Um, Upgrade um, or um, whatever the other one was. Oh, the, yeah, Invisible the Invisible Man. Man. I've only seen Upgrade, uh, but I, I did like that movie. Um, I just thought it was weird that he played one of those random owls. Um, also, uh, David Wenham, I don't know how to say his last name either. Uh, he played Faramir in The Lord of the Rings, um, but he played Digger in this. Great. Um, Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Oh, another Lord of the Rings actor. I know. They're just also. I mean, that was in New Zealand, so they're just getting all the the people from the southern hemisphere. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he played Noctis and Grimble. Who the fuck uh, is Grimble? Grimble's the person who taught them how to fly. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and then I believe Noctis was their dad. Yeah, yeah. I remember the name Noctis. I don't remember who they were. Noctis is kind of a cool name, I will say. Still a fucking pun. Yeah, but it's still kind of cool. Um, okay. Uh, Soren is played by Jim Sturgis. Oh, Jim Sturgis. Uh-huh. Jim Sturgeon. Should I know who that is? Um, the name is very familiar. Yeah, he he did 
Cloud Atlas, Geostorm. Uh, he's been in things. He's I don't know. been in things. None of those. Oh, I have not seen anything he's in, but he does look very familiar. Yeah, he's been in things people have heard of, but not watched. I'd say is a good summary of his career. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that's Jim Sturgis playing Soren, the main character, our hero. Um, just a bucket I, of charisma. I have problems I with that, him. but we'll talk about it. Um, then <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Rush plays Lies of Keel, uh, which he changes his name, but I can never understand what they're saying. Yeah, me neither. And then looking at it written down, it's impossible to tell. It's E-Z-Y-L-R-Y-B. Um. <laughs> yep. I, I can't even remember how it sounded now. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Also, Helen Mirren is in this movie <laughs> as Naira, the owl Nazi lady. <laughs> the what? The, uh, oh, the oh, owl. oh, the the white owl Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we then, didn't even mention that this is about Nazi owls, but we'll get there. It is about Nazis, yes. Um, and Sam Neill plays Alomir, which is just a play on Boromir because he's the one that betrays them, and it really yes. bugs me. <laughs> so weird. it is a pun and a a a stolen name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The those names, are, the names. I I can't stand the names. Uh, Joel Edgerton plays huh. uh, Metalbeak. Um, huh. He's a good actor. I like him. Yeah, I um, just didn't. I okay. I would not have guessed any of these people from their voices in this movie. But no, I'm saying like surprisingly good cast. It's got Joel Edgerton, uh, Jeffrey Rush, Sam Neill, Helen Mirren, uh, like Hugo Weaving. It's a pretty good cast. <laughs> Um, but then watching this movie, it's the most just like, I don't know any of this at all. Nothing is recognizable. Um, which I guess is fine. Like you don't want it to be them playing, uh, themselves, but I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't like it. Um, this is okay. This isn't that interesting. I just thought the cast was interesting. We can get into the movie. Okay. So let's, let's do a very quick summary um, of the plot because I feel like it's not that important, honestly. Oh, the plot's crazy. The plot is wild. So basically these owls are like, they have an oral tradition of handing down stories about this war. And so they act them out and play them together as children Uh, And then there's like a little bit of an argument between the older brother who's like, I'm so done with this and the younger ones that are like wanting to play this and whatnot. Claude hates stories. Claude hates stories. From the beginning, he's very hostile about the stories. He's like, dad keeps telling you stories. I don't like stories. And he won't shut up about it. So so then um, there's a bit of a rivalry between them uh, because uh, Soren is better at flying than Claude. Even even though Clud is older, um, 
because they're still young and learning to fly, which was confusing and I didn't understand until they were learning to fly later. <laughs> so um, I don't know what age they're supposed to be because they seem like old enough that they should already be flying from the owls I've seen in real life. Now, looking at them, they look like they can fly. Exactly. But maturity-wise, it I don't know where owls fall. You know? They're I don't not know supposed what to fall. They're like. supposed to fly. Oh, hang on. We skipped something that I wanted to bring up. Okay. Um, this, uh, at the very beginning before, uh, okay. Well, with the stories that they're acting out, they introduce the pellets, which is a very important plot point. Oh yeah. The, the nurse who's a snake is very into the pellets that they all puke up just mouse guts. She keeps them. Yeah. I don't want to, it's very weird. Um, it's very gross. I was actually trying to eat dinner while watching this movie, and that's the scene that I was like eating during. That's the scene that came on. I was like, "Why? Oh, gross!" Um, this movie is so gross. This movie's very gross. Um, so yeah, that that happens because the owl pellets come up later. Basically, the parents go out hunting and don't take them with them, and then the boys go out to try to learn more flying. I guess they're called branching, where they like jump from branch to branch. And they get kidnapped um, and taken to the Nazi owls. Uh, Nazi owls. Nazi owls. Yeah, Nazi owls. Called the pure ones. And then, uh, like, different types of owls get sorted into different, like, work types. Um, But it's a racial thing. It is a racial thing. Basically, all the non-Tito's... Is it Tito's? They said Taito. I don't know if they were saying it right. There's still lots of things. I have no idea. So, but they basically, all the ones that aren't the specific type of owl, uh, get sent down to like this mining camp, basically. Uh, and, uh, Soren, our hero, Mm uh, speaks up for a little bird, um, a little bit too much. Oh, Gilfy. I forgot her name because she's really not that important. And that's yeah. something I have uh, issue with that we'll talk about later. Um, so he stands up for her and then he gets sent down to the mine instead of being up with all of his um, Taito brothers. Um, and his brother does not go with him uh, down to the mine. And I don't. Because his brother sucks for no reason. Well, but they never... like, okay, no, I don't understand why that's like that scene. I was like, why would he? you're stuck in this hostile situation and there's like a worse option and a better option. And they're like, Hey, you're going to stick with your brother just because uh, he's your brother. And he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. No, but I'm just saying that like from the beginning, they set up Clud as just this like pointlessly. That's true. Yeah. Hostile. He's just <laughs> a jerk the entire time for no good reason. Yeah. So, like he's been there for a day. And he's like, yeah, I'll be a Nazi. Um, yeah so then this movie's so overly complicated i don't want to give the whole plot no this is this is the meat right here (sighs) they okay they take take all the owls that aren't the nazi like purebred ones the pure ones they put them underneath the moon and they brainwash them 
they introduced this thing called moon blinking, which I don't know what that, they're like, oh, they're trying to moon blink us. And we go, what is that? And then Gilfie's like, it's just mind control from the moon. Basically, uh, if you fall asleep in the nighttime, you're like fucking uh, mind wrecked. Oh, because owls only sleep in the daytime. Which I don't understand. Like, that's not a thing um, that humans like do. When, I don't understand. No, it's like when humans fall asleep during the daytime and then they're a different person. And then they don't have eyeballs anymore. Yeah, they get cataracts instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a really funny choice. When they get moon blinked, they, they basically have like white eyes. Um, and and so Gilfie points out that they're going to moon blink them. And so they stay awake and don't get moon blinked. But then they pretend like they're moon blinked so that they don't get like noticed. But but their eyes look different than everyone else's. So also they're talking so loud the entire time. Well, it doesn't work very well because they immediately get noticed. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but anyway, they get they they take them back to the pelatorium as they call it, and it's just a giant room, fill just filled with owl puke of rats that you got to sort through now that you're a little mind controlled owl and you got to take pieces of metal out of them and then walk them across this big room to this glowing magnet. There's a giant magnet that has bats around it. Is it a magnet? Yeah, that's the whole thing. Oh, because, okay. So it's, they were trying to like sort of tie it into science, but they didn't explain it at all. They did not because... try to explain it at all. Like they just literally did not. Okay. So owls in their, like their gizzards actually do use a magnetic field to like help them with their sense of direction and like uh, spatial awareness. Um, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's most notable in, pigeons actually like the like the compass that pigeons have like within like their like they know how to get back to their nest and everything always okay i actually i know what you're talking about because it was a big deal with um certain very tall buildings uh uh throwing off certain birds uh and we are recording again okay what were we talking about we were talking about the magnetic field of gizzards. Oh, right. I was saying that it reminds me of there are certain uh, skyscrapers that mess up migratory birds' um, like uh, tracking system because of the mm -hmm. large metal building that's in their way. Anyway, they were sort of, it seemed like trying to tie it into that kind of thing, but they didn't make it explicit at all because it's a kid's movie. So they're just like, you know what? They'll watch it and they'll go, ooh, cool magnet. But also magnets don't look like that. Yeah, yeah I don't know what that was. They show it with like this this big like blue whirlwind. Yeah, like you could see the magnetic field. It's definitely supposed to be magic. I, And I don't understand why it wasn't just magic. Um... And then there were bats that would take the metal from the owls and then put it in the pile 
And I started wondering about the bats because the owls, they're like personified in this movie, right? They're, they're sentient. Right, yeah. But there's also bats. And the bats don't talk. And the bats don't talk, but are they sentient as well? Um, because they seem very well trained, you know? They're just going, they're doing their thing, they're fulfilling their purpose in this whole plan. Um, also, there was a bluebird at one point that was chased by all the Hitler youth, the Hitler uh-huh, youth yeah. house. Yeah, it was. Um, can that bird talk or is it just owls? Well, and because that's the, so, that begs the question, what makes the animals um, talk or not talk? And is it if they're prey? But then the snake is almost eaten by one of those owls later and the snake talks. So The snake talks, the echidna talks. Yeah, the echidna talks. And, but then the crows don't talk. The crows don't talk. That is true. The, the Tasmanian devil doesn't talk. Well, it was hunting. It, yeah, I, I guess it wouldn't talk in that circumstance. It's not very... But, like, I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to The weirdest one is seem... the bats. Followed the bats closely by the crows. I think it's weird that the echidna does talk. Why? It's not even a bird. It's not even a flying The creature. snake talks. Yeah, the snake talks. The, snake the snake's is like one. the fourth animal we're introduced to. I... That's something that I was wondering about. Why is the snake their their maid? Yeah, I wondered about it, and then they brought it up, and I was like, "Well, that makes even less sense." <laughs> Wait, did they did they explain it in the movie? Did I miss that? No, they just like I was like, "Wouldn't they want to eat the snake, or wouldn't the snake eat the babies or the eggs?" Uh-huh. And then later, the snake comes back into the story when the other owls are like, "I found this snake. It's dinner now." And they're like, no, that's not dinner. That's my nursemaid. Oh, yeah. The whole, like, the whole thing of, like, who you can eat and whatnot, it's very confusing because you don't want to eat something that's sentient, right? Or else you're a monster. I mean, I don't understand how it works. It's very confusing. So there are bugs and stuff that they eat. Like, they catch a moth. They're going to eat the moth. They're little worms and grubs and stuff, right? They eat rats, but we never see that happen. Yeah, they, they're always coughing up the bodies of them, but you never see them being eaten. Nope. I, wanna, ooh, I wanted to see <laughs> um, the, the nursemaid uh, snake eat because they, I think they're shying away from it because she's a snake. She's a predator. She's going to be eating some cute little animals, but they're, they're playing her off as like a kind grandmother. And I think it, it's such a weird choice to make her a snake. The one thing that they show the birds eating, the only thing that they show is worms. No, there's the moth. Oh, they wait, no, the moth gets away. They don't eat the moth. The moth gets away. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. They're not coughing up pellets of worms. Okay, so but like, okay, so they're collecting the pellets and it's the magnetism, whatever. And then Gimbal pulls them aside. Grimble. Grimble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Hugo Weaving. 
he's like, listen, they took my family. They stole my family and I've been kidnapping for them since then. But now I've decided that I want to teach you to fly to go get the guardians that you used to dress up as in your owl house and play out their battles because you like war. You know, the, the interesting thing about that is he, he doesn't just say, I picked you to do this. And he doesn't just do it himself. He specifically is like, I was waiting to see if anybody would be smart enough to not get moon blinked. So that I also, could do this. Yeah, okay. So why didn't you just, why? Why were you waiting for someone to be smart enough? And also, if why Fallen... did it specifically, why was it the Taito? Okay, hang on. We need to, okay. This movie if is Fa- about racism, and yet it is still racist. If falling asleep in the moonlight makes you become moon blinked, and you're like, just all... You're brainwashed. You don't know who you are anymore. How come more owls don't know about that? That seems like something that day one owl school, they teach you about that. Like, don't you dare fall asleep in the moonlight. It'll screw you up for life. I don't, I don't understand because like they oh, fall Eglantine, asleep during the day later. And Eglantine uh, gets... Uh, Wait, no, no, no. They can fall asleep in the day. That's allowed. But Eglantine gets moon blinked later and then she gets better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For no no reason. Yeah, because Clyde moon blinked. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so we just let's just very, very quickly summarize the rest of the okay, plot. Because okay. I, I don't feel like it's all that important and we'll get bogged down into it. And we'll talk about specific things later. So basically they escape and they go find the the guardians um and kind of gather a team of of people along the way um they find the guardians who are indeed real and they believe them and then they get betrayed by this one guy that's named Alamir and then they get ready for battle and they go into battle and it's a trap and then Soren who was told to stay home decides to go after them when he realizes it's a trap and then uh, Soren saves the day uh, and kills the bad guy. Uh, so that's the that's the that's the very very quick summary of the plot because I feel like that's just now you know. So we can talk about any specific scenes we want to, but um... okay, hang on. There's something that wasn't brought up in that. That is a, okay. So, Clud. Clud became a became a Nazi owl. Oh yeah, right. Clud becomes a Nazi owl. Sorry, Clud becomes a Nazi owl, and then uh, an owl. The Helen Mirren, chief Nazi owl lady, um, she wants Clud to prove his loyalty, and I think Clud's like into her a little bit too. That's sort of implied. I think maybe I don't know. I don't He's know. got a he's got a weird thing going on. Clud's really, really into um, being a jerk, and that's all I can say. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'll get you my baby sister. I'm gonna go get her." He somehow gets her off screen, doesn't even show it. Then he brings her there, and 
Eglantine's like, Claude, what's going on? I want to go home. I don't like these Nazis. And then he's like, no, Eglantine, that's lame. This is our family now. And you're going to be a Nazi with me. And then he moon blinks her. Then when Alomir, the traitor, goes to pretend that he's uh, finding out about the, the whole pure ones, right? He comes back. The two other guys, they got taken out, right? By the owl Nazis. But then he brings Eglantine. So then Eglantine gets better and tells Soren that Alamir betrayed them. So the bad guys are stupid. They they get a baby owl and they moon blink her. And then they're like, we don't actually need this owl. It was useless. Why did Claude give us this baby? And then they give it to their guy who's with the guardians. He brings the baby over there. They're like, no, we can cure it from moon blinking. Moon blinking doesn't matter. And then Eglantine's like, it's a trap. And the bad guys didn't have to give it to them. Like, Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, so can we talk about um, where where this movie went from me going? I could see myself liking this as a kid to oh fuck this. Sure. Because it, it it's before the I think it's before Eglantine, pretty certain. Mm. Uh, it's it's when Owl City starts playing halfway through the movie, and there's a big happy family montage. Yes. It's such a big tonal shift from the rest of the movie. And the only thing I could think during the entire time is, I'm sorry, fucking Owl City's a little bit on the nose, isn't it? (laughs) It's so jarring. (laughs) It's the most 2010 thing ever. And there's no way that you don't know that it's Owl City, okay? Okay, hang on, hang on. An (laughs) Owl City song that is a pun in a movie... Directed by Zack Snyder that says from the studio that brought you Happy Feet on the poster in real 3D is the most 2010 movie going experience you could possibly ask for. It's just, it's just the cream of the crop as far as. It's so dumb. And the only thing for the rest of the movie, like the, the main thing on my mind was they really went. We need Owl City on this Owl movie. Um, I, I guess I thought, this is too heavy for the children. The children are getting bored. They need a musical montage. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious now. Also, I'm, I'm curious now when Wreck-It Ralph came out. Okay, Wreck-It Ralph is from 2012, which is the other children's movie that has a, an Owl City theme song. Um, but this one, the name of the song is Take to the Sky. So it's just... They're just really going for the owl thing. They committed. You know? And it's, it's such a bad song for this movie. It does not fit at all, tonally. Yeah, he didn't even, he didn't even try to, like... Oh, so what sort of, like, ambiance do you want with, like, the whole tone of the movie? <laughs> no, 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 he didn't try at all. Should I try and work in some of the, the score that you've been using this whole time? Kind of like how... Um, What's his name did for Tenet? Um, I don't Travis know. Travis Scott. 
it's just like I don't. It feels like it feels like the only thought that went into adding an Owl City song was Owl City's popular. It's an owl pun. Boom. That's it. That was all. That was literally it. And and I don't understand how that happened. It's so jarring. It's so jarring. I think Owl City was just like, I'll collaborate with anyone who asks me. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, really, just shoot me an email. I'm on it. (laughs) I'll do it. He was like the marshmallow of his time. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Uh, The the thing is, I know the song. I knew the song. I didn't know that this was what it was from, but... Like, I've heard the song before, and I was like, what the uh, fuck? Uh, um, yeah, so anyway, that happens, and they have this, like, happy family montage when they reach the tree um, yeah. of Gahul, I guess, is what it is. Is that Gahul? It's re- yes, the tree of Gahul. Yeah. Um, so the weird thing there is that everything seems very fast-paced for, like, the first half of this movie, right? Like it all happens with what, what seems like a day. Um, I think it is a day. So they get taken that night in the morning. They're at the, um, the Al Nazi place, St. Agilius. Um, then this, he, the guy, t- Oh no, no. Okay. So it's like two days so far. Cause then there's the moon blinking that mm-hmm. night. Okay. Yeah. So then the next day, uh, Grimble is teaching them to fly. Then the Nazi lady shows up. It's like, no flying here. Then they escape. They learn to fly very quickly, it seems. Um, Yeah. And then they sleep once. Okay, so this is like three days so far. Oh, yeah, because they they do. They sleep... um... When they meet Digger and the other guy. Yeah. And then they fly across the ocean. And then they they were like very like desperate to get there quickly. They're like, someone needs to find out. They're trying to take over the Owl Kingdoms. And then they're there and they plead their case to like that court thing. There's a whole court. Um, but then they're just kind of chilling for a while. You could call it a council. Oh, uh, a white council? Uh, also, okay, sure. hang on. That's like in uh, Lord of the Rings. The White yes, I was referring to Lord of the Rings because that's where Alamir tells lies of Keel that, that okay, he's hang on. stupid or whatever. I don't remember. Did, yeah, they didn't even get Hugo Weaving to be in that scene. No. Like, they should have. <laughs> but this is also kind of weird. So there's the whole race thing going on, right? The Titos, they think they're better than everyone else. But the Guardians, the Guardians are good. The Guardians aren't like that. But then when they get to the Guardian place, the king and queen also Tito's. Not just that, they're pure white. They're not Tito's. They're um they're are they um, snowy owls. Snowy barn owls. Well, like Tito's are barn owls though. Like it's just a different name for them, right? I guess. I don't know. I don't know where Tito comes from. I think it's just like a a fancy name for a barn owl. Hang on, I'll, I'll Google it real quick. Um, 
Uh, Taito is a genus of birds consisting of true barn owls, grass owls, and masked owls that collectively make up all the species within the subfamily Titonina. Taito, wait. Titonine. Okay, so yes, they are they are still Titos. The king and yeah, queen okay. are Titos. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that like they're like, ah oh, no, the guardians are like cool. But like all of the characters of any importance in this, the hero, the Well that's what I was gonna say is is okay, I have this entire like paragraph of things that really bother me. So the thing is, it's like, it's about race, right? Mm-hmm. And so Soren, who's a Taito, stands up for whatever her name is. Um, what was her name? Gilfie. Gil- Gilfie? Yeah, not a good name. And then Gilfie is like really smart, right? Gilfie is yes. the reason they don't get moon blinked. Gilfie gets them to where they're going. Gilfie is really, really smart. So she's a different type of owl, a very small owl. Uh, and she's a girl, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it kind of seems like they're setting it up for Gilfi to be the real hero um, because that would make sense, subvert the trope, you know, make it a more interesting talk about like race and, and sexism. Mm-hmm. And, and then Gilfi doesn't do anything <laughs> at all, ever. Yeah. Gilfi does absolutely nothing, right? So yeah. then like... So Soren, Soren gets to the tree of Gahul and learns that his hero, Lies of Kiel, is this um, screech owl, which uh-huh. is not a Taito. And he's like, oh, I guess not all, of, not all the heroes are Taitos. I'm learning racism. That's cool. Uh, let's uh-huh. go fight the pure ones. But then he just goes and fights the pure ones and wins. And everyone else is stupid and rushes in and gets trapped. And he has to save them. Yep. So then what's the what's the lesson? There Who, is none. There is none. There's absolutely none. Um I think I don't it really understand. comes down to <laughs> to Zack Snyder going, all right, but like aesthetically, Taito's look the coolest. <laughs> but they don't even. Ah. <laughs> uh, so like I mm. So I feel like they could have had Soren still have like the story where he goes and he fights his brother mm-hmm. and tries to win his brother back. Right. Mm-hmm. But then have given Gilfi the part of actually saving like all the other owls. Right. Instead from, they've got these, the right. They've got these three other owls. Right. And, uh-huh. All three of them are there. All three of them do nothing. Like yeah. almost literally nothing. They Digger they... Digger and the Bard Owl, they're completely inconsequential to anything. They at all. fight off some bats, um, which yeah. is all they do. Um, and when they do that, Gilfie's not even there. Gilfie is never shown fighting anybody. But she's they're there. Lots... She's just lots... not doing anything. There are lots of characters that didn't need to be in this movie. Eglantine. <laughs> uh, the the snake. snake. Yeah. Uh, Digger. The Bard Owl. Um, the Bard Owl who one... is objectively bad. Yeah. Um, uh, Helen Mirren was... 
Helen Mirren was the real bad guy, but then they're building up Metal Beak, and Metal Beak doesn't matter at all. Yeah, and Helen Mirren's character doesn't even fight. She just watches him die, and it's like, oh, let's leave. Well, because they're setting it up for the sequel. Yes, they were very yeah. much setting up for a sequel, both with uh, his brother never being found and the the last of the pure ones whimpering off to hide. And I don't know what happens in the books. Maybe, maybe... I Aren't there the like Nazis? 16 books? There are a lot of books. There are a lot of books. I'm sure a lot of things happen in the books. That's what, That was the thing back then, you know, like the YA series where... Um, it just We're just going to keep writing them <laughs> yeah. until this author drops dead. Okay, but what I'm saying is, like, Gilfie could have been, like, the subversion trope, right? It's still uh -huh. a trope, but it could have been, like, the subversion where it's, like, Soren learns that he didn't have to be the hero. He wasn't the hero. And the best thing he could do is try to reach out to his brother and teach him what he had learned. And then Gilfie could have saved the day and, like been another that, lies of keel which goes back to the story that they told before but instead he wins and not only does he save the day and everything they mm -hmm. rewrite the story of the battle that like soren's used to hearing to make soren the hero so now it's no longer like and it, it would have been a much better arc in soren's part because at yeah. the beginning of at the beginning of the movie, he was playing with Eglantine, and he was like, no, I'm going to be Lies of Keel. You're going to be Metal Beak again. I have to be the hero. I have to. It would have That's... been character growth. And instead, yeah. it's like, I don't even know. It's not anything. It's literally just nothing. <laughs> I also, I, I talked about it a little bit. Just the fact that the magnet is crazy. What a weird scheme to take over the Owl Kingdoms. You're like, we're going to trick them all here. And then we're going to trap them with a magnet. We're going to have a magnet. And they're going to be there. They'll be stuck there because of their gizzards. But we have bats. The bats can get there. The bats can go in because they don't have gizzards. Who thought of that? <laughs> like, what Owl <laughs> was like? Metal Beard, obviously. <laughs> was like, okay. We, a Metal you know Beard, Metal Beak. Yeah, I, I heard it, but I, I was I was on my rant. So the, they were like, you know, when we puke up those rat guts and there's little metal pieces in those, I think we need to get them all together, make a big magnet. Okay, but <laughs> like, why does adding metal to the magnet make it more magnetic? I don't know. That's not they how magnets say, work. You're right. They just say metal flag. It's not even a magnetic. It's not even a magnet. No. It's not a magnet. It's just a metal fleck. It does absolutely nothing. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's an insane scheme. It seems like something Dr. Doofenshmirtz would do <laughs> in Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he, he made the giant magnet to... Uh, and he covered the entire eastern seaboard in tinfoil because he was yeah. going to try and move it. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> Except owls. Uh, and okay. taking itself seriously. It, this movie takes itself so seriously. There's like, there's very little humor about the fact that they're pulling pieces of metal out of basically turds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I have a question. I have a question. Uh-huh. So they just go live at the tree of Gahul, right? At the end. Yeah, they just ditch So why? Why? Why do they do that? They find out that this legend that they've been passing down is real. And now there's mm-hmm. probably millions of owls that don't know that it's real, that probably mm-hmm. need to be protected from whatever happens in the future. And the protectors are off on this fucking tree in the middle of the ocean, and nobody knows they exist. Yeah. Why? Why does it end that way? That's just dumb. Also, why does Soren stay there and become a hero? He's still a child. He literally just learned to fly. Go home. Yeah, he didn't even finish the basic training thing that they were doing in that montage. No. Oh, and the flying in the rain montage is literally the slow motion flash scene from Justice League. <laughs> oh, it really, I mean... it just is. Zack Snyder likes using his own things over and over again, it seems. This movie is a lot of movies, um, but with Uh Owls, I wrote a list of every movie that this is. Um, This is Uh Star Wars Episode Uh Three. This is Justice League. This is also Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, This is also The Dark Crystal. Uh, And this is also Uh Star Wars Episode Nine. Okay. In that the 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 bad guy is is this. Nazi-esque, uh, warlord-esque person that has a, a metal motif uh, that likes to fight in the rain <laughs> uh, with lots There's, of slow motion. They love the rain. They love that fire. They love the yeah, magnets. The fire. They're just like, we're going to do every effect we possibly can all like, at once. You, you haven't seen the first Wonder Woman, have you? I have. Okay, I have. so the, the fight with Ares at the end. Mm-hmm is just the fight that he has with metal beak really wonder woman was ripping off guardians okay so you've seen justice you've not seen justice league but in justice league the fight with steppenwolf Uh is literally just the fight with metal beak this movie it's a classic and it influenced cinema for years to come that's the conclusion we're reaching here Okay, we we should say this movie does look good. Oh yeah, it's great looking. It's wonderful. Like the animation on this is fantastic. They did a great job making it, these owls it, look like they're actually like owls. They have weight. It aged, it aged really well eleven years on. Like Oh yeah. It could for come sure. out now and I'd say, Yeah, that's a good looking movie. Yeah, for sure. It's it's really nice. They like the, the the animations uh, something that plagued a lot of like CG around that time was that nothing had weight. Everything looked like it was like complete, like zero pounds. Like it just floated. These owls Mm -hmm. look like they're flying. And when they're struggling to fly, they look like they're struggling. Like they, they, they look like they are the weight of an owl, which is very impressive. Yeah. And I mean like the whole color palette looks very nice altogether. It's yeah. It's a good looking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. It would have been nice to like this movie. Like if this were a a hidden gem that no one talks about it, but this movie was actually great, you know? Um. (laughs) Okay. So now I think we've talked about the movie at length and a little bit about Zack Snyder, but I think we need to delve deeper into Zack Snyder's psyche, right? 
what made Zack Snyder want to make this movie? I think I know. Okay. So, okay, because he's the comic book guy. He's made all the comic book movies. He's done Watchmen. He's done 300. He's done... uh, uh, He did... Wait, was Man of Steel before or after this? Man of Steel was later. It's 2013. Um, He did Sucker Punch already at this point. Is Sucker Punch a comic book adaptation? Uh, I don't know. Original. I don't know. I can look it up. Let me look it up. Okay. Sucker Punch is the year after this, by the way. Oh, it is. Yes. What a switch! <laughs> it's like I'm gonna make the kids owl movie, and he says, "Actually, what if I made this a movie about?" Okay, Sucker Punch is Zack Snyder's first film based on an original concept. Okay, so <laughs> Zack Snyder had made 300 and Watchmen, and then he says, "You know what? I'm gonna do an animation movie for kids about owls." And then he goes, "Uh uh-uh, not anymore. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a movie about hot girls fighting each other in a mental hospital. That's what I'm going to do now. (laughs) He's such a child. So I I think calling him the comic book uh, director is is kind of missing something. And I would say that the, the thing that Zack Snyder does is that he makes movies about characters that he can fantasize himself as, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. in Watchmen, he is... What is the Owl Man's name? Owl Man. Is it Owl Man? I believe so, yeah. I don't... I forget. Watchmen's... Watchman. Watchman's is such a terrible film. I forget all their names. Yeah, Owlman. Yeah, Owlman. Wait, Man. oh no, wait, hang on. That's uh that's from Night the... Owl. Owlman's from the Two Arts Justice League thing. He's like the counter to Batman. Right. Okay. So That's what I was saying. It's yeah. Night Owl. Yeah, um, yeah. So like in in Watchmen, I think, you know, Zack Snyder sees himself as Night Owl, right? This generic white dude doing his best to fight crime or whatever and also being real sexy and hot along the way mm-hmm. and, and in in this i i have a feeling he sees himself as soren and it's very funny to me to picture Zack snyder being like oh yeah i'll take this this is great i love this character like i relate so much to him wait <laughs> in 300 does he see himself as a spartan king i have not seen 300 um it's one of those movies i refuse to watch i haven't either i don't intend to ever watch that Um, movie but the one like thing i've heard about uh that movie is that that Zack snyder made it very straight uh when it is so very by nature homoerotic uh so quite possibly Uh, what a what a nerd. What a nerd. <laughs> like I just see Zack Snyder as as a nice guy, right? He's the kind of guy who's like wearing his fedora, like my lady uh well actually uh uh Batman uh, gets all the girls not because he's rich, um, but because uh, uh, because he's uh, real smooth. 
I, I don't know. It just like he's the I don't know. That's how I see him. Like this fucking nerdy he becomes incel. successful. I I really don't know how he became like such a a figure in Hollywood. Because he likes slow mo and so does everyone else. None of his movies that I've seen are good. Watchmen is fucking hilarious. For all the wrong reasons. Some people like Man of Steel. I didn't. I never watched Man of Steel because I hate Superman, sue me, and I hate Zack Snyder. So. I mean, Zack Snyder's whole take on Superman is what if Superman was God? And then you're like, yeah, but like, that's the whole thing anyway. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so original of you. Um, And it's like, but he's God, but he's like, gotta like, be with the people but he's god and then it's like okay Zack snyder shut up what if superman was god but like he really really didn't want to be oh he does have the thing where he kills zod that's like the whole thing they're like superman killed someone superman like, kills people all the time i don't yeah i don't care about that at all like the, literally the only hero that i will be like you made them kill someone is is batman Okay, and that's because Batman, like, it's literally one of the things that is, like, part of his shtick. No other superhero is it that tied to their character. I'd be, it would be tonally really weird if Spider-Man killed someone. Tonally weird, yes, but, like, I don't feel like it's, if it was just brushed by, I don't feel like it would be all that weird, right? Because it's not, like, something that people, it's not something he, like, makes a point of he's just a teenager we're we're sidetracked we're just talking about superheroes at this point i would rather talk about superheroes than these owls to be completely honest listen i was really excited for this episode but the more we've gone into it the less i like it (laughs) this movie's so bad it's so i don't understand I don't understand the writing. I don't understand the direction. I don't understand the choices made anywhere except for animation's great. Animation, it's pretty. It's a pretty movie. But, like, it could have been a pretty good movie. It just isn't. It's just a fucking bad movie. Like, who? Who did this? All I heard was an owl pun there. It was an owl pun. I did that on purpose that time. It was very bad. Um... I just I want to know who's so, responsible. Was it Zack okay. Snyder? If they had gotten rid of the Owl City song, yeah, how would you feel about it? I think without the Owl City song, I still hate it. It's just, just the because, Owl City song was just because the there's no arc. Just because of so many things, I think that it's less that there's no arc and more that it feels like it's trying to be like, oh, racism is bad and this guy learns it, but instead there is no message. <laughs> He's like, oh, the Taitos, uh, we're fighting these these Taitos that think they're better than everyone else, um, but the only way to defeat them is with me because I'm a Taito and I'm smarter than everyone else. And I just, <laughs> it feels stupid. It feels really dumb. It feels... It feels more racist than if it had just not been about race at all. This movie is a lot like Green Book. I never saw Green Book. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's about Viggo Mortensen learning. Oh, another Lord of the Rings actor. 
learning not to be racist um, by being a black person's bodyguard. So it's got like a sort of hero complex thing going on there. Um, yeah. And and then like a, a a race reconciliation type movie as well. You know, one of those. Um, uh, no. So yeah, it, it it was a stretch, but I thought it was funny. No, that makes sense. It, I can see the comparison. I'm just like, I don't. It. Uh, uh-huh. Why? We can stop talking about this. We've talked. I don't know. We can. We can rate it. We can we rate, rate we're, it. We're at the point where we should stop and rate it. I just. I can't help but just keep. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I made you watch this, John. Uh, I just remembered it from my youth. I had it on the DVD. Um, I remember bringing it to a sleepover once for my friend Dominic's birthday. Um, oh, Dominic. Yeah, my friend Dominic. Um, I cried at this birthday party, um, which was very embarrassing. Yeah. Um, so uh, I went there. I was going to hang out with my friend Dominic, but his friend Cade was there. I hated Cade. Cade was the worst. Um, and... Then uh, it was a Nerf. It was a Nerf war party. We all brought our Nerf guns. But then Cade was just manipulating Dominic to just rig the Nerf wars against us. So then I was one of the less popular kids. I was on the team where we got all the crappy Nerf guns that didn't even work right. And Cade and Dominic were on the other team. And they'd be like, we get the cool base too. Did Cade then, go like, by CJ? This was in Louisiana. You don't know Cade. Mm, okay, I thought you were talking about... You don't know... I thought you were talking about Dominic a different Dominic. Either. Yeah, you don't know Dominic either. Okay. <laughs> um, so then, basically, I was like, hey guys, what if we switch up teams, switch up guns, switch up forts and stuff? Because we've been doing it this way for a while. And really, one team has been winning. Um, and they were like, no. So then I got really upset and I started crying and I threw my Nerf gun on the ground and I went inside. Um, and then later at the sleepover, I think everyone watched this movie that I brought because they felt bad for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I probably would have liked this movie as a kid. I did. I thought it was, I thought it was good at the time. I was hoping that watching it now, it would be a movie that I could add to the list of movies that I would have liked as a kid and s- still feel good about that. I don't think so. Before watching this movie, even remembering that there was the Al City song in it, um, I, I thought it might be a situation where it's kind of like Treasure Planet, where I revisit that movie and I go, no, this movie's still the best. This movie's so good, you know? Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't at all. I was ready to become a Snyder bro. But here we are. Um, Still, one of his best movies. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. One of the better Snyder movies. Possibly the best. It's either this or Man of Steel, and I don't like Man of Steel. I say possibly the best because I really haven't I haven't seen the ones that people like, right? I haven't seen Man of Steel, I haven't seen 300, and I haven't seen Sucker Punch. So I really do people can't like Sucker say. Punch. I don't know. I don't. Do people like Zack Snyder at all? 
apparently everyone wanted his cut of Justice League for some reason, even though everyone hated. Uh, I was Batman way more down Superman. for the Ayer cut than I was the Snyder cut. Okay, and I fucking hate David Ayer. I just wanted to see the Ayer cut of Suicide Squad because it was going to be a fucking nightmare, even more so than the the one that we got. But we didn't get it, and now I'm mad, and David Ayer's mad too, and he's petitioning for it now. So, David Ayer, I, I've never seen an interview with him. I've only <laughs> seen, I've only ever seen uh, Suicide Squad. But he just seems did you not like watch Bright? Uh, no, I, I oh. couldn't do that to myself. I've uh, seen Bright four times. See, like it's I so was bad. gonna watch. I was going to watch it, but then I knew that Max Landis read it, and I was like, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Max Landis. That's fair. That's really <laughs> fair. It's a terrible movie. It's not so bad it's good. It's just bad. Um, and I've watched it maybe not four times, at least three times, though. This movie, it seems like, would be similar to Bright. This movie? In that it's a muddled race allegory. Uh, oh, yeah, fair. Although, I think... So, Bright... Bright is actually a little bit more like Good Time. Oh, really? Except for that Good Time is a good movie and Bright is fucking terrible. All right. Anyway, what do you rate this? (laughs) I rate this movie a big old fat zero. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Zero. I was going to give it a one um, because I feel like... eh. About it, like, I feel like... No. Well, but no, I feel like you could watch this for the animation, because it is really pretty. Okay, if you're, like, an animation buff, right. watch it, right? If you're an but animation like, nerd, feel free to, like, watch this without without feeling, like, judgment from me. Because it, it really is very pretty. It's very technically amazing, especially for 2010, and the fact that it still holds up. Like, it's good, um, there's a lot of stuff that I, I'm curious. I didn't do any research and I really should have, but like, I'm curious, um, what they use to simulate the water, uh, for flying over the ocean. Cause that's really, really good. It may just be hand animated, but like, it's, it's nice. It's a really good looking movie. It's really technically well done. I, I think one, if you're interested in seeing some really good owl animation, uh, and don't care about the fact that this movie fucking sucks, uh, go ahead. Um, I actually think the animation in this movie holds up better than like how to train your dragon, which is a better movie. But like looking back on that, I've animation, never seen it's not how to train your dragon. Um, but I did recently, somebody mentioned like the animation, not holding up. And I went back and looked at like the character design and I would agree. The character design in that movie is uh, God awful, but it's the same year. So I think it's a good comparison to make. Um... Although the, the thing about how to train your dragon is they, the water and how to train your dragon is fantastic. And those movies, they get better as they go, as far as animation, obviously. Like, right, yeah. And that's also, interestingly enough, I think a lot of movies with really good animation have terrible story. Um, because the other movie that comes to mind is like a really, really well-animated movie. It's newer. It's not like one that holds up from a long time ago, but it's newer. Uh, is The Good Dinosaur. And I fucking hate The Good Dinosaur. Uh, but the animation in that movie is peak. Like, beautiful. Um. More and more, as I've watched more animated movies, just like outside of Pixar, I'd say I think 2D is better. I think 2D is better. I like it so much. 
I think it's hard. It's hard to come. Like, I don't know. I don't think I should make a statement like that, that one is better than the other, but I like 2d more. So, so here's what I, what I'm going to say about that. Cause like 3d is like my preference for art in general. Like that's what I like Mm -hmm. doing. It's what I do for work. And it's, I'd like to branch into more like CG type art at some point. And I really appreciate things like people, people get mad about like Pokemon detective Pikachu. Um, and they're like, it looks terrible. I think it looks great. I like it a lot. I think the designs are very cool. Um, I think that it's a different art style. And, and if it's not what you are looking for, then you're going to be super disappointed and mm-hmm. it's not as it's still new. Like people forget it's still very new. Like, yeah, even in like, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think movies that we still like look back to as like the peak of uh, like effects and like, like Jurassic Park is not that old. It's from the nineties and it's is Jurassic Park nineties. Yeah, the first one was like late '80s. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Park. The first Jurassic Park movie is from '93. Oh, really? Wow. So early '90s, right? And that doesn't have any CGI in it. Um, Well, not. It does have some CGI in it, but the main portions of it are like physical effects. So just animation is still very new in that front. and like to uh, even like um, VeggieTales is one of the very first fully animated shows in CG. Um, and that's one of the reasons why it was very popular even among non-Christian circles. So like it's very new to the point where people are still learning how to use it to do like artistic styles that have been perfected in 2D for like a uh-huh. long time. So, like, if you go back to, like, early 2D animation, like, Disney stuff, it's not great. It has a special place in people's heart because it's nostalgia, but it's not great. Um, Well, okay. Let me explain more what I meant. And that I think the reason to do animation in general is to convey a kind of story that can't necessarily be told very well through live action. Right. I think that that's a lot of it is like expressing yourself in a different way. And I think animation's at its best when it's using things that wouldn't be conveyed as well. Told I agree. Through yeah. things that we can like physically understand, you know, um, it's a lot more abstract in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would agree. With so that. I think something that 3D animation often falls into is just striving for realism as opposed to like artistic liberty. Um, I, I see. You're talking about you're talking about like John Favreau and like The Lion King and stuff, which I agree is very bad. Um, um, it very much is defeats the purpose of of animation. So, a, a movie that I think did very well recently with um, animation was Soul. I think it did a great job of incorporating um, aspects of animation. Um, that like, okay, for instance, there are characters within that that are 2D in a 3D world because they're from like a different like plane of existence. So it's conveying that idea 
through just animating them in a different way. Right. And it shows him falling like out of life into a different form of animation and then back into three-dimensional. I think it did a lot of really cool, like interesting stuff with how it how it was how it was done, you know, like um how it was illustrated. Um and I think that for 3D animation to work, it needs to like be more dynamic than a lot of big studios, the ones that can afford to make 3D movies um, are willing to give them the license to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I feel like um, the two movies that come to mind as like the most recent movies for that style of animation are um, the Tom and Jerry movie that we were just talking about and um, the new Space Jam movie, Mm -hmm. which are both CG. Um, And I haven't seen... Tom and Jerry, and I don't plan on watching it, but part of me wants to watch it just to see how they did with animation because I feel like Looney Tunes specifically um, and that style of um, cartoon really captures like what makes animation more like special in the way like where it can bend reality. And if they use it to their advantage, you can still do that in CG and make it quite interesting. Like it would be its own art style and not everyone's going to prefer that art style. It's, but I feel like it is, is a growing uh, style that's like still like being shaped by artists um, coming up with new ways to do things. Cause it's still very new. So, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like, in the case of um, this movie, the owls in this movie are an, a difficult balance between realistic owls and like cartoons, and I feel like it. I feel like it is really a good example of being a cartoon without being uncanny valley realistic. Like it, it balances the realistic owl with the like cartoony uh, idea of an owl. I don't know. I, I feel like it does that well. Um, well, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even necessarily mean like making something that doesn't look like it would in real life. You know what I mean? I mean, making something that looks detailed in a certain way i think i, I don't i don't know what i'm i know what you I, I feel like i know what you mean and you're just you're mm-hmm. misinterpreting what i'm saying to say like okay realism i understand what you're saying mm-hmm. like uh, expressing emotion in ways that aren't realism uh-huh. is something that cartoons do really well they you know in 2d you can in that art art style you can express things in ways that is not realistic, but is very Mm -hmm. much, um, very emotive and personal. And I feel like you can do that with 3d. It just doesn't get done very often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're on the same page, I think. Yeah. But I like animation. I did enjoy the animation in this movie, but I I still give it a zero just cause I don't know. Uh, I hated so much of it. Uh, and (laughs) It's just, it's just so poorly written. 
Uh, it's just boring. It's very boring. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is kind of a slog. I actually watched it in two parts, so um, I didn't mention that before, but I did. Yeah, I stopped it, not quite halfway through, and then went I on fell. A walk. I fell asleep during the 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 climax of the movie, and then I had to go back and finish it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm still leaving mine at a one. I feel like. If if you're interested in in if you're interested in Zack Snyder for some reason watch this and if you're interested in in seeing some interesting owl animations if you're a fan of the book series if you like I Owl should... City thrown at you thirty minutes if... into a movie. If you're a Hugo Weaving stan. He's in this movie like 15 minutes maybe. He plays two characters. Yeah, but the other uh, character's not even there for more than like a minute. No, his dad, he goes in, he's like, I'm going to teach you to branch. Yeah, that that seems like five minutes long. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Well, he's, he's not doing any voice acting, but he's flying through all the... The, the opening uh, logos, you know, he's the bird, and then the, the 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 feather flies off him, and it zooms in on it slow motion as Zack Snyder loves, you know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we can stop. Uh-huh. Bye, y'all. This has been this is a terrible place to live. Um, I don't know if anyone will have gotten to the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> I don't know who cares that much about Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> what a niche. Uh, uh, well, enjoy. I'll probably put something about Zack Snyder in the title to make people listen to it. Zack Snyder's Legend, Legend of the, the Guardians. Guardians. The Owls of Gahul. <laughs> what a long... <laughs>